535, hit us out to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Ski. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. It's your boy, AAA, without Mila. She's, for some reason, got to, like, work and stuff and has, like, a real job. So she ain't here this week, and she won't be here next week either. She's traveling overseas, so wishing her the best. But we're still going to talk Chiefs. We're still going to talk Cowboys. We ain't going to talk Royals. Yo, I'm sorry about that. Bet the over. It ain't going to happen. They don't look good. They've kind of just imploded. Uh, Rangers, we ain't going to talk about them. They're trash anyway. They traded everybody away, which they should have done. So we'll focus on the Chiefs and we'll focus on the Cowboys. So we'll talk preseason. We'll hit up the hard knocks. But since Mila ain't here... We're going to start with Kansas City because that's my team. That's going to be your uh, Super Bowl champs this year. So let's talk, Casey. couple big takeaways from preseason game number one. Uh, you know, remember, there's only three this year, right? So expect to see Mahomes in one more preseason game, and that's going to be about it. Then, you know, the season starts, and it's it's that 17-game battle, uh, you know, uh, for the Chiefs to kind of like, you know, take back that throne, you know, uh, you know, reestablish themselves as the best team in the NFL and, you know, put Mahomes on his, like, legacy grind. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about this first game. And, and there's a couple things that we can really take away from this first Chiefs game. First things first, and probably the most important thing if you're a Chiefs fan is the offensive line is better. It is it is clear as day the offensive line is better. And when you spend millions and millions and millions of dollars in the offseason buying pretty much every offensive lineman out there on the market, when you trade for another you know first round offensive lineman, you you're hoping it pays off and it shows but like there was no way that it could have been worse than last year but the good thing is that like not only does the high value asset that you bought in joe look good so far uh not only does orlando brown look good so far you know so those are two premium one cost a lot of money one you spent high draft capital and is going to cost a lot of money next year both of them look good your gambles your your roll the dice you know low risk high reward gambles are starting to look good so nang looks good smith looks good and you know those two pieces right there um when you look at them, if you can get them to look good, now you're talking about future cap savings down the road as well. If you can get them to be really high value, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. You know, want to see more games out of them, but so far so good. Everything's looking good offensive line one. And then Humphrey at center looking great too. So your offensive line is going to be improved. And it's not only in protecting Mahomes that's going to look improved. I know they weren't all there together, you know, for much in this game, but I think this is the most yardage Clyde has ever got to run without being touched. I I think on his first run, he got like six yards without anyone touching him. And we were kind of spoiled Chiefs fans, you know, during the Jamal Charles era where no matter who was blocking for him, he was getting five yards a pop, right? It didn't matter. He was so good at being elusive that like the run game was always good. Whereas like Clyde isn't as gifted as Jamal when it comes to, you know, picking the right spots, navigating through his blockers. So it's nice to see that this isn't just a, uh, uh, a, a, a run blocking improvement. This is a pass protection pl- improvement as well. So you'll get to see it in both phases of the game, which is huge. So that's fantastic right there that the offensive line, those investments are paying off. 
investment that's not paying off so far is who's going to really be that wide receiver to stand out, you know, besides Tyreek Hill and, you know, Hardman, he shows moments and then he had a lot of drops last year and you saw it again this game, right? He had another drop. Robinson seems to have some problems separating. Pringle is stepping up. So if I'm Robinson right now, I'm very worried that, you know, this is probably my last year in KC. And McColl, if he wants to, you know, stay in Kansas City or get a nice contract, he's going to have to step it up as well because the Chiefs are wanting him to be the number two guy. They want McColl to be that guy. But, you know, I'm saving this for a later show. Uh, but I'll go ahead and give you one of my uh, bold predictions for this year is Byron Pringle is going to have his best year as a Kansas City Chief. And it's not just going to be because of the extra game. I hear you haters already, but he's going to have his best year in Kansas City. Um, so that's positive right there as well. And then the the last big takeaway I, I think you should take a, away from this game is that Baker's looking good at corner. And, you know, we talked about this a a few shows ago, I can't remember what show, but go back, listen to one of the podcasts. But we talked about how you're going to need to prepare for Honey Badger not being here. I know a lot of Chiefs saying want him to be here, you know, after this year. But when you look at the way the Chiefs salary cap is set up and kind of like what their priorities are, he isn't the guy that's the priority, right? If you spent a first round pick on a guy, you're going to sign him long term and you're going to sign him for big money. So that makes Orlando Brown, your big priority to sign. So until he gets a long-term contract, you're not even talking about Honey Badger. The next thing is you look at draft capital where we've invested in it, right? Sneed, Thornhill, high-value draft picks that you've invested in. And then you look at Honey Badger getting a little older, still very good, but I've got draft capital. I've got money that I need to start saving for these guys that I prioritize a little bit higher than him. He's going to be the odd guy out. And the big takeaway from this game is what you're wanting to see. You saw that Baker played well. And the reason, yes, I know one's a safety, one's a cornerback, but the reason it's so important, because like you shouldn't think of your secondary anymore as like, okay, this is my free safety. This is my strong safety. This is my corner. This is my nickel guy. You should almost start to think of your secondary as more of like a a basketball team as like positionless basketball, right? You have your best DBs, your best DBs. Let me repeat your best DBs on the field and with the NFL going the trajectory that's going and it's a more and more and more of a passing league every single day. You're going to have your best DBs out there and you're going to need more than just your, oh, I got two corners here. I got the strong safety. got the free safety here. This is going to be my base. You'll never get to play in your base. I mean, you hardly get to play in whatever you want your base defense to be uh, because you offense is getting so creative with what formations they're throwing out. And even if it's not a bunch of wide receivers that your tight ends now are more wide receivers in the NFL. So you're going to need your best ball hawks, your best secondary that you could possibly have. And so the fact that Baker is showing out too is showing that you've got some flexibility here. And, you know, Snead in college playing both corner and safety. So he knows what to do. Thornhill, you know, showing that he's recovering nicely from surgery. It, it, it's, it's leaning to Kansas City toward, towards the decision of like, hey, do I need to spend this much money when I have these many assets already at my safety and corner positions. I've got a guy who I'm gambling on who's starting to show some promise. So if you're a Honey Badger fan, really watch the way Baker plays, watch the way Sneed plays, and watch the way Thornhill plays. Those three guys are going to determine 
Matthew's future on the Chiefs. Like, Honey Badger is going to get money somewhere else if he doesn't get it here. But, like, those three guys are going to be very integral in, in determining whether or not he's going to remain in Kansas City after this year. If I had to bet money, I, I'd say enjoy the last year of the landlord. It's going to be great. He's going to kick ass. But, like, this is going to be it uh, for him and KC. Why am I giving you all my projections right now? <laughs> my bold predictions. That's not good. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was really positive to see that from him. Uh, you know, showing that uh, you look coming off an of injury last year. You know, trying to resurrect his career when you picked him up last year. But uh, the fact that he's showing out at corner a little bit is is good signs if you're Kansas City. So that's about the big takeaways like you have some other ones about like oh what are we going to do a backup running back but honestly when you're talking Kansas City you're really talking about like a few openings that we're trying to plug or right a few deficiencies that we're trying to get better so we can go on that Super Bowl run because when you go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls there's not much you need to do the biggest one is your offensive line looks better which is literally the biggest problem that you had and then also your secondary looks improved too and it's nice to see that so far. Now, is it a real game yet? No. Can we say the secondary is going to be great and better than next year? No. But health-wise, if if the Chiefs stay healthy defensively, then you're expecting it to look better as well. Because don't forget, you got Nick Bolton there too uh, in your linebacker core to help uh, to help that as well. So it's all about health when you're talking about that pass coverage defense. Let's go ahead. Let's pivot to Mila's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, the uh, the the team of hard knocks. Uh, we'll talk about that too, I guess. But big takeaways from from Cowboys two preseason games so far. First thing is like it, it's all bubble wrap right now with Dak Prescott and whatever they need to do to get him to be ready for Tampa Bay, they're going to do. So, you know, you see him warming up. He hasn't made a bunch of big throws yet in warmups yet. He's still suffering with that arm injury, but all, all accounts look like he's going to be ready to go week one, day one. So I wouldn't look at too far into that. Now, if you're looking at the backup situation, I, I think the biggest takeaway in these two preseason game preseason games are Danucci isn't the guy and not only is he not the guy he doesn't look like a guy that you even want to bring into your practice squad that's the thing is like he's not the backup but he's been playing so bad as like are you going to be our practice squad guy because when you look at it you've got G2 and Cooper Rush outplaying him by far so one's the backup one's the practice squad guy who's it gonna be that's gonna be really interesting to see you know what the cowboys do do they really trust you to or because your offensive coordinator has a lot of familiarity with cooper rush would they rather him be the guy because he knows the offense really well i'm very curious i would rather have g2 because like cooper rush may be more of the bus driver but g2 shows you that he can make a throw he looks like an NFL backup quarterback and he's willing to take a couple risks and there's this like it factor about him. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that battle. Um, the, the next takeaway and, and you know, it, you hate to see someone get hurt in preseason is, is Neville Gallimore going down really hurts you in kind of one of your weaker positions on the defensive line at that tackle position, right? You got two really good, uh, defensive ends in, in Randy and, uh, in, in tank, 
But that middle of the line, you know, losing Gallimore hurts. And you've seen it, uh, especially this last preseason game. And you've seen it, what, the last few years just being a Cowboys fan is like they get run through. Like it is, it is, hey, no matter what running back is running on the Cowboys, they are going to get yardage. They are going to eat. And that's <laughs> that's kind of one of the things that saves the Cowboys defense sometimes. Is like, like they're eating so good running the balls. Like, you know, they, they don't take advantage of that terrible secondary that the Cowboys have had for a while. It's like look, we're getting five, six yards a pop. Do we really need to throw the ball? And so it kind of saves the Cowboys at time. But like at, at some point, you really want to see that that run defense improve. And, you know, that probably will happen when, you know, because of the improvement of the linebacker core. You know, it, it hurts that D-line of, of Gallimore going down. So that's kind of like going to stop the improvement in, in, until you can get healthy. But time tipple-wise, he might only miss two, three games of the regular season. So that'll be good. And hopefully Dorrance uses this as a chance to step up. But let's talk about that linebacker core because that's actually going to really improve the Cowboys secondary, which is their weakest part of their defense. That secondary was truly awful last year. Um, Not looking that great so far, but that linebacker core is looking much improved and it's in large part thanks to, you know, the additions that you made in uh, Neil and and drafting Parsons. So both Neil and Parsons already looked better than Jalen Smith when you're talking about pass coverage. So that improvement right there, plus L. Leighton Van Der Esch being healthy is making your pass coverage a little bit better than what it used to be, right? And if you're a Cowboys fan, you, you got to be excited about, not excited that your fourth best linebacker is also your highest paid one, but excited that your, your, your pass coverage is a little bit better because of that investment that you made on your defense, right? Diggs still looks good. The real battle is going to be who's going to play opposite at Diggs at corner. Who's going to be the other guy? Um, you see a lot of stuff that you like, you know, from right. Uh, who is the riskiest pick? I'd say, you know, who everybody said you reached for. Even I myself said you reached on right a lot, and I still believe that because when you watch him play, it's not like he necessarily knows what he's doing if it's right or wrong. But uh, he's using his athletic ability to make up for the mistake that he's making on the field. And while you can get away with that in preseason where it's basic routes, you're going up against second and third stringers, you don't want him to be the guy that teams start to pick on in the regular season when he's going up against one and one A's or when he's going up against really good number twos. And I think that's going to bite you. So I while Wright has been playing well, uh, I think if you look at the way he's playing, he's playing well because of his ability, not necessarily that he's knowing what the right or wrong thing to do is during this play. So I just be, it's good to see, but I would be a little bit hesitant if you're a Cowboys fan to go all in on him right now and say like, hey, we've got our guy. Like everybody said that we were dumb, but we weren't dumb. He's going to kick ass. Because just remember when you're opposite of Diggs who who got picked on last year, but it was actually a very good corner in very little separation. You really had to force the ball to get it past him. And you got a guy like Wright who's necessarily shown you that he knows what he needs to do out there or knows what spot he needs to be in. I mean, potentially he can get picked on and, and really hurt your secondary. But it's too early to say this. So, you know, continue to watch that these next few preseason games, especially him and Joseph, to see what develops with them and if they learn that defense a little bit better and if they become better. DBs throughout the course of this. Let's pivot 
to talk about the Cowboys' biggest weakness, that offensive line, that offensive line. If I'm Jerry Jones right now, I'm calling up Weathins. I'm like, look, sponsor our offensive line because that is who we are right now. That offensive line is thinner than a Weathin. I mean, there is no depth right now on that offensive line. And, and you're really seeing it play out even in the preseason of just how bad that offensive line is if there's going to be an injury. Connor Williams is not looking good at center. Uh, and, you know, losing Joe Looney really, really hurt because that center position looks looks awfully weak if something happens to be oddish. Uh, I mean, we're having trouble just getting the ball to the quarterback. We're not even talking about blocking schemes. Just literally delivering the ball to the quarterback is going to be an issue if something happens to be oddish. And there's been nothing this preseason that has shown you that you can sustain any injury at your tackle positions because what's behind them is nothing like it's it's literally like I said it's very thin it is thin on uh, on the depth chart when we talk this offensive line and and that's worrisome because if if you look at the track record of injuries on this offensive line it ain't pretty and you're talking about a quarterback that's coming back from an injury and you're talking about depth issues at quarterback on your team already it looks like any type of injury in all that offensive line is going to be catastrophic to this team because you can't sustain it. Uh, I mean, there might as well not be a tackle there uh, at, at times, especially last year. And so far this year, it really hasn't shown that it's improved. And then if if something happens to be honest, you're talking about pressure head on. And Connor Williams just, I mean, can't even get the ball to to, to the quarterback right now. So it's very worrisome. There, there's still time to correct this, but as we go throughout this preseason, as cuts are made, if I'm Steven, if I'm Jerry, look, I, I know we want to find somebody to substitute for Gallimore, but I don't think there's that big of a drop-off between Gallimore and a, a, a Dorrance Armstrong in the middle of your defense. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you've got pieces uh, like you, you drafted already, uh, Tristan Hill too, you know, to help make up with that. So, so some combination of those two, I, I know he's hurt, but you're expecting Tristan Hill to be back for the season. You're expecting Gallimore to only miss a game or two. There's a lot of things. And you got, uh, Osa too, as well, who you could maybe put in there as well to, to help sustain that middle of the interior uh, defensive line. So I, I think the priority has to be finding some depth for this offensive line as training camp cuts happen all across the NFL. Like that's where you should be looking to pick up. I would ignore your D line and I would be focusing on someone for the offensive line. Your highest paid position is quarterback. Your most injured position is offensive line. Um, if you want to be successful, you're going to need to do something there from the Cowboys. Going forward, Chiefs Cowboys the next game. I mean, that's that's kind of going to be traditionally the dress rehearsal game. Now this season, because there is an extra game uh, this year, you're actually going to get a a week break between preseason and week one. So maybe teams might play a little bit more people in the fourth and final preseason game for the Cowboys or the third and final if you're the Chiefs. Uh, but I'm betting your majority and your bulk play will still be this next game here. And you'll lose that. You'll use that last preseason game to really determine who you're keeping, who you're letting go, and and, and which way you want to go. So, gonna be really excited for uh, for next week's games across the NFL. And if you're a Cowboys fan or a Chiefs fan, you know, look at some of the pieces that might get cut as teams start to trim, uh, trim rosters and, and see who you might think is gonna be a good fit for you. 
Now, uh, something else that you should be interested in as the weeks go on, if you're a Cowboys fan, is Hard Knocks. So we saw in the first episode of Hard Knocks, uh, we saw some really nice things from uh, Dan Quinn. Seems like he's really got the team engaged much better uh, and much more improved than, uh, I would say, the D coordinator of last year, who shall rename Nameless, <laughs> uh, because he wasn't he basically wasn't even here with how that defense performed. So Dan Quinn looks like he's getting buy-in. It'll be interesting to see if he can resurrect some of that uh, great defensive prowess he had in Seattle rather than what was in Atlanta. Um, so you're, you're liking that the team is at least engaged with him. Uh, Mike McCarthy, oh my, I don't know, man. I just, I, w- I know... I know we already talked, but I'm not a fan. I am just not a fan. Like, why are you asking Stephen Jones what to do? It's your freaking team. And you're asking Stephen Jones, hey, what do you think about this? Just make the decision, bro. Stephen Jones ain't the coach. Stephen Jones (laughs) ain't the guy who you should be asking. And like, I don't know, that mojo moment stuff, I don't know. It looks so dumb to me. Like, I... I just, I, I don't know what he's contributing. He seems very lazy to me. Like, I don't know how much Mike McCarthy actually contributes to this team. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But everything he does seems so staged. And it really don't look like Dak likes him very much. So I don't know. I I got some bold predictions about him, but we'll save it for the next next show. But one of the things I did like was like, Micah looks very hungry. He looks very fast. And Lane Vanderesh is kind of taking on that mentor role right now. And I think he said something really, really smart to Micah Parsons is like, you got to learn that like every play isn't your play. You got to learn which ones are your play to make. And that comes to, you know, that Patriot philosophy of do your job. You know, if you're trying to do everybody else's job, your defense is going to suffer. And if you're, you got to be able to trust the guy opposite you, trust the guy behind you, trust the guy in front of you to make the play to do their job. If you're trying to over overdo it for everybody else and your defense doesn't have a chance to be successful. So I think, you know, honing that in, telling Micah, like, look, 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 you gotta basically, you gotta trust everybody. You gotta do your job because if you're trying to make the play throughout the field, you're gonna, you, you, your defense is really going to struggle, especially like when you look at teams like Kansas City, who does a lot of misdirection, if you bite too hard, you're going to get beat very badly. Or you look like teams that love to do the cutback running run scheme. You know, it, it it's predicated on teams over pursuing to create those cutback lanes. So you're talking about some big play things that could really hurt you if you try to make every play. So it was nice to hear that from Vanderish and already starting to establish that relationship as, uh, of being a mentor to him. So I'm very excited to see, you know, what the next episode has in store. Who else doesn't know how to, you know, gift wrapped items like Zeke, which I think, I really think that was a bit like, I don't, he's had to have wrapped a gift in his life. Like there's no way he hadn't, right? Like, I think that was, I think that was like planted in the episode, but who, hey, what do I know? What do not I know? My favorite, my, my whole favorite scene in that whole episode one was uh, your backup uh, lineman wanting cake, going, "Oh, I want some cake! I want some cake!" <laughs> so I thought that was awesome. But stay tuned for the next episode. Um, we'll talk a little bit more Cowboys Chiefs after the next preseason game. Hopefully, we see some improvements, uh, you know, in those areas that we mentioned before. Thanks for tuning in. Mila's gonna be out for one more week. You'll have me solo one more time. Hope you uh, enjoy it. Hit me up at i35sportscxn on Twitter for any of your football needs. See you guys.